All right, let's get this show on the road. Exchange papers with somebody. Pepper, you don't want to exchange papers with Lucas? Why not? Gee, Lucas is Someone give me a paper. Gee whiz. All right, number one, Anna, what do we got? The origin of the blank is just as mysterious as the origin of God. Right, the origin of the blank is just as mysterious. So the origin of... Yeah. Okay. Does just serpent count? Sure. Yep. I'm actually put the same. I'll accept that today. Okay, but in chapter 3, do we know that he's the Satan? No. Now we have a clip. Bethany, number 2, please. The serpent was a blank being, whereas God is. Yep, what word do I want in there? Created. Created, yep, he's a created being. Right, looking for a created being, whereas God wasn't. That should have helped you, that second part. Pepper, number 3, please. True or false, the Bible does not provide the backstory for the mysterious character of Genesis 3. All right, how'd you answer that? Uh, I said false. False, right. False, that is correct. Do we get a backstory? Yes, we do. Right, we do. We don't get it in Genesis 3, though, do we? No. All right, Jaden, number four. The sin of this rebel must have occurred after Genesis 131, where everything is described as very blank. Yep. What word am I looking for there? Very good. Yeah, very good. Right. Good and then very good. Right. Yep. All right, Bryson, what number are we on? Five. Five. What do we got? Who's the serpent? Uh, Satan. Yeah, he's the Satan, the adversary, the devil. <coughs> All right. Landon, next. And how do we know that? That's number six. Yep. And how do we know it? Revelation? Yes, from the book of Revelation. We know it from the book of Revelation. Right, we know it from the book of Revelation. Is it Revelation 13? Let's see if it is. Oh, I think 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. Another sign appeared in heaven, behold, the great dragon with seven heads, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> then we go on to verse number seven. War arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back. Verse nine, the great dragon was thrown down. The ancient servant who is called the devil, the Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. So there it is. There's our backstory. Next, what number are we on, Landon? Seven. Seven. What do you got, Kyron? The devil is a liar. Yeah, he's a liar, right. He's a liar, right. He is a liar. Anna, next. Um, the devil is a blank and a blank. Yeah. What do you got, Jack? A liar and a murderer. Yeah, he's a liar and a murderer from the beginning. All right, Addison, what's next? Why is he called each of these? Your answers to nine and ten. The answer needs to connect to Genesis 3 specifically. Okay. Who's got a good answer? Look at your paper right now and say, yeah, I, I have a good... All right, let's hear it, Anna. Um, he liked to eat and told her that she wouldn't die when she ate the fruit. Um, and when Adam and Eve ate, they spiritually died. 
now they and everyone else will physically die. Yep. Yeah, that's a great answer. That's what you're looking for is the connection point between he lied, he deceived them, and then in reality that turned into their spiritual death and eventually their physical death. Pepper, what number are we on? 11. All right, what do we got? True or false. At one point, demons do not exist. True or false? True. True. That is correct. That is correct. There was a moment when they did not exist. I mean, did not. They weren't classified as demons. Jay, next. True or false? Adam and Eve had the freedom to eat from any tree in the garden except one. True or false? True. True. Bryce, it next. Ten times the New Testament calls the serpent the evil one. Yep. The Satan, the, the devil. Yep. The evil one. Jack, next. When Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the wrong tree, they immediately died spiritually. Yep. Spiritually. They had a spiritual death. They were separated from the intimate fellowship with God that they had before. They became aware of their nakedness, etc. Landon, next. Where, where will the devil swim? Eternity. Yep, I'm looking for Lake of Fire. Lake of Fire. Looking for Lake of Fire. Okay, if you have Hell Down, I'll accept partial credit, but I'm looking for Lake of Fire. Partial credit? Yeah. What, how many do we have on the. 21. 21? Mm -hmm. How did I end up with 21? Five points each then. So partial credit would be two points. Jack, next. He is the originator of blank. Yeah, what? This sin. paper doesn't have an answer for that. What? Sin. Sin. Yes, he's the originator of sin. <coughs> he's the originator of sin. Yeah, Pepper, next. 17. Described as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Yeah, roaring lion. Lion, right. Anybody know who the author is that does that for us? What biblical author describes him? Jaden. Paul? Nope. Yeah, Peter. Yeah, Peter does. Peter describes him as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Okay, Evie, next. Fallen angels are called blank and, and distinguished from holy angels. Yeah, what are they called? Demons. Yes, good. And then um, Bethany, next. Since Adam and Eve were made in the blank and likeness of God, what is ironic about the serp about what the serpent said to the woman? Yeah, so first one was, what's the blank image? image. Now explain the irony. They're already like God. Yeah, Landon is correct. They were already like God. Okay, he said that if you eat of it, you'll be like God, but they were already like God. They were the most perfect representation of God without being God. Uh, does Carpe just put that you would be like God? But they, did they explain the image, that the irony of it? No. Okay, then minus a couple points. <clears throat> So just touch for them? Sure. Okay. All right. What, what's next? Is that it? No. Okay. What is it, Anna? Who is the agonist of Genesis? Okay. Antagonist. Oh. Try it again. Antagonist? Yeah. The antagonist. Every story has one. Nearly every story has one. All your Marvel superhero kind of a, a comics and all that stuff that maybe you do or do not watch has an antagonist. Nearly every good story has an antagonist. And in this case, who is it, Lucas? The devil. Yeah, it's the serpent. In Genesis 3, it's the serpent. Okay, score them up, please. Five points each. Score them up.
have 90 or better. I'm looking for any 90 or better. Yes? And then you receive 90 or better? 90 or better, Jane? 90 or better, Preston? All right, good. Now, the secretary is going to go over your scoring, and it better not be wrong, okay? Better not be wrong. Better be good stuff. All right, Preston, good job. 97. You got a 97. That's what Jack scored it as. I think I got it right. Mm -hmm. All right, let's collect them. Give them all to Addison, please. <clears throat> Pass them back. Give them to Addison. <laughs> Addison, how many brothers and sisters do you have? Five. Is he the knucklehead of the most? No, I think my older brother is. Oh, you have an older brother? Mm -hmm. He's going to be 21 this year. Okay. Where's he at? New York. Nice. All right, set those aside. And let's get into Genesis chapter number three, everyone. Genesis three. <clears throat> All right, tell me what Mike Bortz, Mr. Mike Bortz, Dr. Mike Bortz, Dr. Mike Bortz, taught you last week. What did you learn, Jack? Right, that's the a way of organizing the epic story of the Bible. What do I mean by the word epic? What do I mean by the word epic? Incredible. Yeah, sure. Big, giant, grand story of the Bible. And Landon, what were those four moving parts? One more time, please. Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Right, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Now, there's all kinds of ways that people have invented to help us learn how to think through the epic story of the Bible, the grand story of the Bible. This is a really good way. But there's also other ways, and, and, and each way puts an emphasis on a particular aspect of what we're trying to think through. So this was creation, fall, redemption, restoration, or new creation. All right? When we're thinking about the Old Testament, I like to teach the Old Testament. When I teach the Old Testament, I teach it like this. Write this down in your notes, please. Creation. So we're, we're, we're still doing creation. And we do the patriarchs. The patriarchs. We're still in Genesis. Then we have the giant exodus out of Egypt en route to the promised land. Promised land is occupied, so there has to be a conquest. That's a Q U E S T. A conquest. The land has to be conquered. After the conquest, there's a period of the judges, approximately 40 years old, plus or minus. All these judges, give me a judge in the room. Let's hear some judges. Mm -hmm. Who? Samson. Samson's a judge. Give me another judge. Deborah. Deborah's a judge. Give me another judge. Gideon. Gideon. Good. The last judge before the kings. Samuel. Samuel. Excellent. After the judges is the kingdom. The kingdom era. Okay. After the kingdom. Judges is the kingdom era. Jack, give me the first king of Israel. Saul. Saul. That's correct. Preston, give me the number two king of Israel. David. David, you are correct. Pepper, give me number three. Solomon. Saul. Solomon, you are correct. All right. Each of these kings reigned for 40 years. At the end of this third 40 reign, the kingdom splits. 
We have a divided kingdom split with a north and a south. The north takes on the name Israel. Anyone know what the name the south takes on? Judah. From the fourth son of Israel, the largest tribe. Okay. Then we have a period of exile, backslash captivity. Exile versus captivity. The exile refers to the northern kingdom, which is a scattering of the Jews under the Assyrians. The captivity refers to Judah. It lasts 70 years long. It keeps the tribe preserved. It keeps them in their holistic nature. After the captivity, they return. They return to Jerusalem. They return to rebuild the debacle that was left in Jerusalem, the fallen walls, the temple, etc. And then you go into a period of 400 years of silence. And that's the page between Malachi and Matthew in your Bible. Okay. So this creation, fall, redemption, restoration, backslash, new creation focuses on the overarching story of redemption. This is a way of organizing the narrative. This is a way of organizing the narrative. So I'll, I'll name a name and you tell me where they fall. Moses. Exodus. Good. Right. That's the general idea here. Deborah. Judges. Joshua. Conquest. Right. Abraham. Patriarch. Yep. Isaac. Job. Creation. Questionable. Yeah. Very much could be. Yeah. Noah. Noah. Creation. Creation. Abraham's our first patriarch. Okay. Yeah. Um, Melchizedek. Patriarch. That's correct. How did you decide that? Because he blessed Abraham and Abraham. That's a good job. That's exactly the logic that you have to figure out. That's exactly the logic you have to figure out. Samson. Samuel. And. And. And kingdom. How do we know that? Because he anointed Saul and David. That's correct. That's exactly correct. That's exactly how we, we begin to think. Daniel. Exactly. Yeah, and more, more specific, Jack. Yes. Yeah. The reason we know that is because the exile is associated with the Assyrians and the captivity is associated with the Babylonians. Okay? So... Daniel ruled and reigned in conjunction with the Babylonians and transitioned even to the next empire after that. Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Where are we putting Nehemiah? Return. Yes, why? Pepper, how'd you answer that? He helped rebuild the walls. Yes, he returned and rebuild the walls. Here's a great name. I want you ladies to consider naming your first son, if you have one. Zerubbabel. Oh, Addison? 
<laughs> that would not come up on your radar as a possible name. No, Anna? That's a great name. Don't y'all think that's a great name? Zerubbabel? Zerubbabel. Do your homework. All right. Zerubbabel. Where are we putting the Zerubbabel? So, where? You guys even got any idea who that is? No. All right. Zerubbabel is the leader of the first return to Jerusalem. There are actually three waves of return. The first one is Zerubbabel. The second one is Ezra. And the third one is Nehemiah. Okay. We know little, very little about what Zerubbabel did getting people back. We know that Ezra focused on the temple, the rebuilding of the temple. We know that Nehemiah focused on what? The walls. The walls. That's correct. Walls around the city. Okay. Um, Esther. Esther. That's a little Exile bit more difficult. What? Exile and Richard. <clears throat> yeah, Ezra's actually going to fit somewhere around in here. Okay. And the reason we know that Ezra's going to fit somewhere around in here, somewhere in the return, somewhere around the exile there, is because she was a queen under the Persians. The Persians, right? The Persians. Remember, you've got to organize in your brain, you've got to organize in your brain the world empires. And who was the dominant force during the biblical narrative? Who was the dominant force during the biblical narrative? So let's, let's think backwards for a moment. Go to the days of Jesus. Who is the dominant political force? That's correct. So we're going to put them all the way at the bottom. The Romans. Who's the dominant political force before the Romans? This is the intertestament period. This is the Malachi 4 to Matthew 1. Those That, that part of your Bible that has nothing in it. Who is it? Greece. Yes, it is the Greeks. Like Alexander the what? The Great. The Great, exactly. Right. And then before the Greeks, we have the... Starts with the letter P? The Persians. Right. The Persians. And then the Medes. And somehow there's a, a blurring there. And then before the Medes is the Babylonians. Babylonians. And then before the Babylonians is the Assyrians. And then before the Assyrians is the Egyptians. Okay. Right. For example, in Exodus, who's the dominant world power? The Egyptians. The Egyptians are. That's right. The Egyptians are. So the Assyrians rise up as world dominance, and they uh, take into exile the northern kingdom. The Babylonians take into captivity the um, the Judah, the tribe of Judah and Benjamin, two tribes. And then the birds and the Persians, and that's how our Bible ends, our Old Testament ends. And then we open up our New Testament, and it's written in what language? Greek. Greek. And who's in charge? Rome. The Romans. That's correct. The Romans are. All right, so we're getting into creation, fall, redemption, restoration here. We're going to talk about the fall. And if we're going to talk about the fall, what chapter of the Bible do we need to be in? Genesis. Yeah, we need to be in Genesis 3. So we're going to watch a short video. Let me pull this back up about sin. See if it's any good. 
All right, let's reconnect. All right, Genesis 3. I don't know why it's not working. Okay, Bryson, you can start us off with some good reading this morning. Now. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other beasts of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of the tree in the garden? And the woman, and the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the eyes, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was delightful to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and they made loin cloths for themselves. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God, of the Lord God, among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I have commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave me gave to be with me. She ate, gave, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the woman of God, then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and, uh, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and, she, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing, and pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire, your desire will be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree which of which I commanded you not to eat, you should, uh, which I commanded to you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sword of your face you shall eat bread until you have returned to the ground. For out of it you are taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife Eve, his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat it and it live forever. Therefore, let it, therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. 
he drove out the man in that the east of the garden. He of Eden, he placed the cherubim with and the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the, the way to the tree of life. All right, very good. Thank you. Let's outline this chapter. Let's outline this chapter. Let's have a conversation about how to outline this chapter because there's a lot in here. So let's take a look at how we would outline this chapter. So Genesis 3, outline. So what do you think our major Roman numerals are going to be? Let's see if we can begin to organize it. How would you organize this chapter? Let's let's get our first Roman numeral here. What would you call the very first one? Outline, outline a bit of information helps you organize it in your mind as to what the major points are. So, what what first is one to one, one to wherever? Where would you would you, where would you put the first break, and how would you classify it? That's what I'm asking you to give me. One to five, him deceiving. One to five? Him deceiving, you said? What would the title be? Um, Serpent deceives you. All right, serpent deceives Eve. Okay. Okay, what would number two be then? Are we going to go down that road? We're going to have that. That's going to be a Roman numeral. Because remember, if you're doing an outline, if you're going to do a one right here, what do you need underneath it? You need an A and a what? A B. Okay. So how are you going to split that up? How are you going to how are you going to organize that to to do? How familiar are you with outlining? Let's ask that question. How familiar are you with outlining? Have you done it? Have you been taught how to do it? Lucas says yes. Anybody else? Addison says no. No, no. Okay, why do we outline something? Let's let's answer that question. Why would you ever outline something? To give information about how we would say the entire thing. Okay. Organize information? Yes. So if I'm trying to comprehend a large body of information, if I personally... And trying to comprehend a large body of information, I will force myself to outline it because outlining it will discipline me to determine how to organize it. Right? So, as you read this narrative, what were the major points that you see or the major sections? So, like, if this narrative was a large rectangle and we were going to divide it up into three points as a way of illustration. What would be the starting and stopping of each of the breaks? So, for example, the first one would be the actual fall. And by the actual fall, what do we mean? Yeah. And where where does that start? Well, verse 1, obviously. And where does it end? Verse 8. Verse 8? I would say verse 6. Verse 6. All right, what does 6 say? Um, when the woman saw that the tree produced fruit that was good for food, was, attra- was attracted to the eye, and was desirable for making one wise, she took some of his fruit and ate it. She also gave some of it to her husband, 
Woodworker and he ate. Okay, and then what does verse number seven say? And the eyes of both of them opened, and they knew they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Okay. Eight says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden of the <coughs> evening, and they um, hid themselves. Okay. So what do you think our second break's going to be then? The punishment. What's that? The punishment. All right, the punishment. Okay, is there a third then? When they're getting from their kicked out. What's that? Okay, so what would what that's a great point, Landon. Where would where would you pick that up at in the story then? because she was the mother of the living is verse 20 21 says the Lord God made clothing from his skins and wives and he clothed them 22 says the Lord God said since the man has become like one of us knowing good and evil he must not reach out and take from the tree of life eat and live forever all right let's go back to the punishment for just a moment so you can begin to organize it how would you organize it underneath the punishment man <clears throat> Who's the first person that gets addressed? The serpent. The serpent. So A would be what? Serpent. The serpent. All right. And then what would B be? Uh, the woman. The woman. And then C would be? Adam. Right. The man. You want to keep parallel structure. Okay. Now let's go back to the fall. How would we organize the fall? How would we organize? I'm asking you guys to look at your Bibles right now, read the narrative, and tell me what, how many different subpoints would you put underneath there? Two. All right, Pepper says two. What are the two that you would put, Pepper? So Roman numeral one says the fall. So we're going to have an A and a B at a bare minimum. Okay, is that good? Is, is, is that good? I would do the deceiving and the eating. The what? Deceiving and eating. Okay, so <clears throat> um, serpents, deception, and then what would BB? Be? The eating. There. Disobedience? Does that work? All right, if you were going to put a one and a two underneath B, I'm teaching you how to outline this morning. What would be the one and the two? Woman eats, man eats. Yep. Yep. Okay, now under the fall, because remember we said up here that we're going to have the punishment. We said Roman numeral two was going to be what? Punishment. The punishment. The punishment. So let's go back to our narrative. And we need to decide, do we need a C or do we need a three? We want to do either of those. 
Three. Okay, what would the three be? The serpent, um, punishment, woman's punishment, and man's punishment. Right, we're doing that here. This is the A. And the B and the C, yes. You are correct, Landon. I want you to go back up to the first section, Landon. And I want you to look at the, their disobedience. So Satan's deception, their disobedience. Is there is there a need for a letter C or is there a need for a number three? You're, you're answering that question right now. So go back up to chapter three. What'd you say, Jaden? All right, what would the letter C say? I don't know what it would be called, but it would be 8 through 13. Okay, 8 through 13 is the punishment. 8 through 13 is the punishment. Evangeline, I want you to start reading uh, around verse 10. I mean, verse 4. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will, and you will be like God knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was that the tree was good for food and was a delight to her eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who ate with her. When the okay, eyes stop. Okay. Look up on the tel on the screen with me on the television. Alright, here's B right here. The woman, the man. The man ends in what verse? Six. Verse six. Okay. The woman is covered in what verses? Four and five. Four and five. Okay. The deception is in what verses? One through three. One through three. Okay. What does verse seven say? Someone read verse seven, please. Then Okay, so is that going to be a number three, or is that going to be a letter C? No, it's not. Because their eyes were open, and they were open because they disobeyed. So, sure, a C. A C, okay, so we're going to have a big letter C here. All right, why are we not making it a number three? Right. You've already covered the woman's disobedience. You've already covered, covered the man's disobedience. Whatever your number three is, if you said, oh, I'm going to go with the three, it would have to be a category that relates to that. For example, the children's disobedience. That's not in the narrative, but the children. Man, woman, children. Okay? Is everyone following? I'm teaching you how to outline this morning. We're not just learning Genesis. You're also getting a basic class on how to outline. This is something that all of you should be able to do. Outline is part of academia. It's part of your development as a person. So we're not going with the letter C, right? The three right here, we're going to letter C. What are you going to name it? Good. 
their realization. Okay, good. Not bad, Jack. Their realization. I was thinking awareness, but <clears throat> something. Because as soon as they disobey, they become aware of something that they previously were not aware of. What is that, Jaden? Their nakedness. Their nakedness. Okay? There's a conscious change that occurs when they disobey. When Adam saw Eve and Eve saw Adam for the very first time, and they were the only two people on the planet, save God and the angels, did it seem awkward to them? No. Why did it not seem awkward? Because their eyes weren't open to it. Right. Why were their eyes not open to it? Yeah, right. There was no difference between good and evil at this point. There was no bad from their perspective. It was all what? It was all good. It was all good. Okay. The, the closest thing that I can share this with you guys would be like if you've never experienced darkness. You only experience light. And then for the very first time, you become aware of the alternative. Up to this point, all that Adam and Eve had experienced was good. Good. The animal's good. The world's good. The climate's good. The weather's good. The food's good. Nothing tastes bad. They've never had a bumblebee sting. They've never had a mosquito land on them. They've never had a rash. They've never been constipated. They've never had a headache. They've never been dehydrated. I literally could go on and on. On all the nevers. So Adam's as naked as Eve. Eve's as naked as Adam. They're the only two people on the planet. Everything seems utterly good until they cross the line. And when they cross the line, they're now made aware by God's sovereign decree of their disobedience. And the first manifestation of that is their awareness of their, their nakedness. And they immediately do something to fix it. And what is that? Is that fit together? Yes, right. They cover it. So, if you put down here, there, you said, Jack, realization. All right, then what is my number one and my number two going to be? Eyes opening and sewing um, clever to themselves. Yep, that would be fine. Or you could put eyes open and... Sewing of leaves. If, well, the number two is definitely going to be the what? Covering. It's going to be the clothing, right? It's going to be the covering, for sure. We know that for sure. Now we need to make sure that we cover number one well. Okay? You could do three if you wanted to. Let's scroll here. If I did three... What would they look like? Number three is going to be clothing or a covering. Number two then would be what? Realizing they were naked, the knowledge. Yeah. The knowledge that they were. You said earlier eyes open. Didn't you say eyes open? So the eyes open would be what? One. Because that's the first thing the text says. And number two would be nakedness. And then three would be their what? It's their solution. And their solution is what? Mm -hmm. Covering. Right? Okay. So let's start with a, a clean slate and let's do it together. Number one is 
they'll fall. What's the letter A? Deceiving. Yeah, Satan or the serpent's deception. Are we having anything underneath that? All right, one. Looking at the screen is not going to help you because what you're outlining is where? In the Bible. In the Bible. So you're looking at chapter 3 right now. Is this point 1 or 3? What's that? What point is this? This is underneath Satan's deception. Okay. Yeah, which we said earlier was going to be verses 1 through what? 1 through 3. Okay, so someone, Jade, read 1 through 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of other beasts of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but of, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Okay, good. What do I learn here under Satan's deception in this thing? What are the things that I learn about? The first thing is his character. He's crafty. Yep. So his character. And it's not good, is it? All right. So if, if number one is his character, then what could number two be? Yeah, so you could do like this conversation. Okay. When you're outlining, if you get to this point, just so that I can use this as an example, I really want to show you. So we've done a Roman numeral one, we've done an uppercase A, we've done a numeral one, we've done a numeral two. And we're going to take this conversation down and we're going to drill down one more layer. So we're going to do a little uh, lowercase a and lowercase b. All right. The lowercase b. Satan's what? Deception. Yeah, it's lie. And what was his lie, Jaden? That you would not die? Yeah, you're not going to die. In fact, you're going to be what? Like God. So if A is Satan's lie, what would B be? All right, who responds in verse 3? Eve. Eve. So Eve's what? Believing. What? Believing him. Believing him? Does, does she speak? Yes. Right, so Eve's response. Huge number one, the fall. And this is verses one through what? Three. No, the fall, the whole thing. One through what? Six, seven. Seven, yep, one through seven. Satan's deception, letter A, is verses one through what? Three. Three, exactly. Satan's character. What verse number? One. One. The conversation. Verse one through, through um, three. So we start talking in verse one? 
All right, what's the, what's the first part of the conversation, Lucas? Uh, did God actually say you should not eat of any tree in the garden? Okay. Eve's response. What verse number? Two. Two. What verse three say? Still your response. You shall. You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, either shall you touch it unless you die. So this is Eve responding. Okay, so two through three. All right, let's pause for a minute in our outlining for a second. What did you notice about Eve's response? She added on. What? She added on. To it. Yeah, she added on to it. Jack, what did she add on? Neither shall you touch it. Yeah, right. Okay. What's going on here? How how did Adam abrogate his uh, leadership role? Where's Adam in this whole conversation? Where's Adam? Said he was with her. Yeah. Right there. Okay, what's going on? He's just standing by. Yeah, he's slacking. That's most men today. The world's full of deadbeat men. Why isn't Adam interfacing? Who was put in the garden to be in charge? Adam. Who's responsible for naming all the animals? Adam. Who's given dominion? Adam. Does it look like he's exercising dominion right now? No. Doesn't look like it at all. Why isn't he interfacing? Because he's thinking maybe if Eve tries it first, then if nothing bad happens to her, then I'll try it. Is that what you? Is that what he's thinking? Maybe. Not about her. So she's gonna throw her under the bus, Lucas? Seems like it. Are you okay with that? No. Why is there such a lack of male leadership in the world today? <clears throat> Utter silence. Ladies, do you guys have any thoughts on why there's a lack of male leadership in the world today? Because fathers didn't show it. All right, fathers didn't show it. Because women are trying to build themselves up higher. You guys don't even want to have this conversation? You don't even want to engage with me on this for even a minute and have a conversation as to why Adam is being so negligent in his responsibilities? Why didn't he just immediately put a stop to this? Why didn't he interface in a leadership role? Why didn't he take charge? Punch the dude in his nose? I think it'd be more of a snout. Okay. What's that? A I'll go with this. A sniffer. A sniffer. <laughs> sure. sure, whatever you want. Number one thing I hear from young ladies is the boys are still boys. They won't grow up. They're not, not mature. Why is that the case, young men? Why, why don't we want to grow up? We don't like responsibility. Okay, why not? Work is hard. Okay, work is hard. Because mama will fix it. 
What? Because mama will fix it. Because mama will fix it. Sure. Right. <clears throat> As you ladies, Pepper, you're over here, so it's a little awkward, but we should have a fully divided room like the the synagogue and the Jewish uh, temp, uh, synagogues. But ladies, watch the way your potential uh, husband interacts with his mom. Watch the way he interacts with his mom. Rude, disrespectful, arrogant, kind, pleasant, courteous. Look and see, does he have any interaction during the family event? Small things. Does he take his plate to the kitchen or does he expect his mom or somebody else to take his plate to the kitchen? How many of you want to marry someone that you're going to be their mom? Adam is slacking. Okay, this is a major problem in the narrative. Did God tell both of them about not eating of the tree? Yes. Yes, yes or no? No. Let's go back to chapter 2. Let's go back to chapter 2. <clears throat> Let's find out where the admonition concerning the tree is. 16. 16? What's it say? And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of Every tree of the garden, from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And then 18, someone else, please, Anna. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a companion for him who corresponds to him. All right, so based on how the narrative is presented in chapter 2, is Eve present when the directive concerning eating the tree is given? No. no, she is not present. So whose job was it to communicate information to his wife? Adam. Adam. Adam is the spiritual leader of the family. Adam got instructions from God, and it was his responsibility to inform not just his wife, but were they to have children prior to the fall, it was his job to inform the children concerning this directive from God. So you see a complete leadership failure. Do you, young men, do you see it? Because she says, we're not even supposed to what to the tree? Touch it. That's not what God said. Okay. And then how does Satan trick her? She's confused as to the exact data so chapter 3, I understand why this doesn't swipe like that. Chapter 3, let's go back and read the narrative one more time. Chapter 3, Jack. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, You may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, 
For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, then you will be like God, knowing good and evil. <coughs> so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And the eyes of both were opened, and they knew they were naked. They sewed, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves loincloth. All right, we're going to stop there. <clears throat> so what's the first tactic that Satan uses? What's the first tactic? Because it's not lying. It's not lying. It's questioning what God said. That's right. It's exactly correct, Addison. That is exactly correct. It causes Eve to question. Did God actually say? And, and really, for you guys in this room who may, are being raised by Christian parents and being forced to come here under my instruction, etc., etc., at some point, you're going to have to decide as an adult concerning what? Concerning this. As an adult some point you're going to have to come to what conclusion or what question and answer concerning this book right here. Whether or not it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I say all the time in every venue I can that there are three basic questions that you have to come to a conclusion as an adult. The reason I say as an adult is because right now you're being expected to live in a house in which these questions have already been answered. I know your house. I know your parents. They've already determined the answer to these questions. But at some point, you have to make them your own questions and answer them for yourself. Like 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12 of you. Every data analysis says 8 to 10 of you are not going to be in church at 19 years old. not. Some of you will come back, but you're going to have a giant period of time in which you avoid it. And normally what will cause you to come back is the giving or the receiving of a child. And then you'll remember your childhood upbringing, how you were raised in a church, and you'll desire that for your own son or daughter. Is that going to be you? I don't know. I hope not. I hope that the 12 in this room break every single normative thing and, and it's like insane. And we look at you, all of you at 19 years old and you guys are like at 100%. But here's the three questions. Number one, is there... A God... God. That's correct. Is there a God? And most of the world has answered that question with a big resounding no. No, there is no God. And they either answer it, no, there is no God, or they answer it, yes, there is a God, but the way they live their lives would indicate that they don't actually believe there is a God. So their, their, their cognitive function says yes, but their behavior says no. no. All right? So question number one is, is there a God? Question number two is, does he 
communicate. <clears throat> In other words, question number one could be yes, he, there is a God. And question number two could be no. He doesn't communicate. He doesn't want anything to do with humans. He doesn't communicate. There's a supreme being out there. But he doesn't involve himself in the affairs of mankind. He doesn't involve himself in the day-to-day. Don't pray to him. Don't ask him anything. He's not interested in talking to you. He doesn't care about human beings. So that's why we're asking this series of questions. But if, in fact, your answer is, well, man, if there's a God, then I believe that he probably communicates. So the answer is yes. Then what is the logical question number three? What is... Question number one is, is there a God? And the answer is yes. Question number two is, does he communicate? And the answer is yes. And what is the dominant question? Does he listen? This is is yes, he does communicate. How does he communicate? Yeah, okay, good. How does he communicate? Yeah, excellent, Jack. Yeah. How? Or where? Is this communication found? Now let's look at our narrative together. Satan can't address number one. Eve is fully convinced there is a God. He can't get her to believe that to become an unbeliever. She's also fully convinced that he does what? That he communicates. He didn't say, well, well, you know, he doesn't communicate. Instead, he attacked what? What he did say. Yeah, the validity of what he did say. What's the exact language he uses? Did he actually say? Yeah, is this really what he said? You probably misunderstood. You probably didn't get it right. I mean, I don't really think that's what he said. So... In the narrative, is there a God? Yes. Does he communicate what? Yes. So now we address, what exactly did he say? Are you sure you got it right? So today, it looks and sounds like this. Is this really the Bible? Is this really the Word of God? Or does it contain the Word of God? What's the difference? Is this really the God, or does it contain the... What's the difference? Well, if it contains the Word of God, then not all of it is the Word of God. That's correct. That is correct. If it contains the Word of God, then not all of it is the Word of God. And then what, what can I do then? What can I, as the reader, do if it contains the Word of God, but it's not all the Word of God? What can I do? You can pick and choose. That's right. I can selectively assess what I believe is and is not the Word of God. And I'll do that according to my own behavioral choices. If I like a particular behavior and the Word of God condemns it, then what will I do? Ignore that part. Yeah, I will question as to its validity. And you'll hear people do this all the time. And it sounds like this. My God would never do this. My God would never, and you should say to them, you are right. The God that you created in your mind is not the God of the universe. It's the God you created. It's your idol. 
You created a God after your own image and likeness. My God would never send anyone to hell. My God would never expect anyone to live out a gender choice that you gave them. In other words, God made you a male and he expects you to live like a male. God made you a female and expects you to live like a female. My God would never punish anyone. As that person calls 911, you see the irony in what I just said? Their God would never punish anyone, but when someone steals from them, they want that person what? Punished. Punished. So I, I want you to see Satan's craft, his tactics, his techniques. I want you to see how questioning, did God actually say that? And then Eve doesn't get it right. She doesn't know. She's doubted. Well, he said we're not able to touch it. Well, that's not what God actually said. So now we're having a confusion as concerning what exactly did God say. And then the outright lie. Where's the outright lie in the narrative? Where's the outright lie? You're not going to die. In fact, what's he say? Yeah, you'll be like God. And yet we have already read in the narrative, was it in chapter 1? What did we already read in the narrative? Was it in chapter 1? Let's go back to chapter 1, everyone. What, what number, Pepper? Verse 26. Yeah. Read it, Pepper, nice and loud. Then God said, let us make you in our image, in our likeness. Yeah. Yep, that's it right there. Already. Satan had no ability to make them more like God. They were already as like God as a human being could be. They were already perfect image bearers of God. So verse number one, did actually did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the tree. God said, you should not eat the fruit or touch it. Verse four, the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die. Verse four, God knows when you eat of the eyes, you'll be open, or you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And we are screaming at the top of our lungs, where is who? Adam. Now where's Adam? Where is Adam? So did you write down an outline? Did you write down an outline? Yes. No? None of you guys did, did you? Did you guys get the part of the outlines that are not? Yes. Okay, let's let's get it back on the board and then we'll wrap it up. Jaden, you lead me through it. We're just going to do the first part. So, Roman numeral one, number one was what? The fall. All right, good. The fall. So let me do it neatly and get it way up here. The fall. What's next, Addison? Uh, Satan's deception. Yep, that's letter A. Satan's deception. Okay, what's next, Jack?
Steve's response. Come on, you're frustrating me, class. You guys should have been taking notes. You don't know how to outline. You don't want to learn how to outline, yet you need to learn how to outline. Anna. Character. Right, is it gonna be number one? Yes. Yes, okay. Okay, Satan's character. Which created, if we have a number one, we have to have a what? Number two. We have to have a number two. And what did we say number two was? The conversation. Right. All right, what's next, Evie? Um, a, Satan's lie. What's that? The lowercase a. The lowercase a, the lie. And letter B is what? Eve's response. Eve's response. Okay, what's next? What's next? Roman numeral number two. Was that the whole thing? We, 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 we went through the whole thing? We, we have to have a letter B. Sorry. We have to have a letter B. Um, their disobedience. What do we title it? Their disobedience? Okay. What are we doing under here? Um, the one and two, the woman's disobedience and the man's disobedience. Okay. Her, two, is, and I thought we said we we're going to have a letter C. Which was the realization. Yeah, which is what Jack said. The realization, the awareness. And I thought we agreed that we we're going to have three points underneath there. I think Landon helped us get to three letters. What were they? Number one was what? Eyes open. Yeah, their eyes were opened. Number two was what? Their nakedness. Yep, their nakedness. And what did we say three was? Uh, making their clothing. Yep. The clothing, the fig leaves. Okay, we good? Everyone got it down now? Jack, did you get it down this time? Yes, sir. With this level of specificity? <clears throat> All right, let's look at our, our section. Starting in verse 8, where's our next good stopping point for Roman number 2? Where's our good stopping point for Roman number 2? If we start with 8, and we're going to call it sin's consequences, so Roman number 2... It's going to be sin's consequences. Okay, we're going to go all the way to verse number 19. So verse 19. Everyone see that? So sin's consequences is going to be Roman numeral what? Two. Two. And then we're going to have an A, a B, and a C. What's A going to be? Woman's consequences. The serpent's consequence. Yeah, the serpent's consequence. What's B going to be? 
What's she going to be? Man. The man's consequence. All right. We're not having class next week. So you have two homework assignments. On the front, you're doing this. Everyone got it? On the back, you're doing the outline. Now, I've already given you the A, the B, and the C. So what am I looking for from you then? If I've already given you the A, the B, and the C, what do I want from you? The one, two, and three. Yeah, the one, two, and three. So you're going to outline the one, two, and three of Satan, the one, two, and three of the woman, the one, two, and three of Adam. Of Adam. So is the outline just for part two of it? That's it. Okay. So the top of here is going to be Roman numeral what? One. Two. Because we've already done Roman numeral what? One. One. So this is going to be Roman numeral two. Don't do your rough draft on this. Do your rough draft where? On a separate piece of paper. Yes. And if you do outlining correctly, when you do it, everything lines up. So this Roman number one lines up all the way down here with a two. And this A lines up with this B, and this B lines up with a C, and the number one over here, and the A, and so forth. That's the way it's done properly. So if you're doing it by hand, then you need to carefully move it over. If you're doing it on a computer, then you use like the tab function to get everything to line up. Okay? So then number two, and then A, and see if you can do an A and a B. Look and see if you can find an A and a B. That'll take you to the highest level of outlining. So two weeks till we have class again, you're doing the fall homework, you're flipping it over and giving me an outline for number two. And you already have number one in there. All right, that's it.